Hello, my name is Tom Longano, and this is Boy Stories. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we got a crazy story for you today. Crazy story, kind of a longer story as well. Um, I apologize in advance to <laughs> for for the interview that follows the story. Um, we didn't get to even get to any of the audience questions because the story went long and then the interview is a little bit crazy. But anyway, if you end up getting to that point and you're listening to it and being like, what is this? Well, I already apologized for it, <laughs> but I don't have time to record it again um, because it's hard to once Jeffrey's here, it's hard to get him back into the studio. You know, you were dealing with everyone's schedules. And I have been very busy. The reason I've been very busy is because I am just now finishing the Green Book of Story. Like we're we're in the final edit, and uh, the samples are coming, and I cannot wait. I have to say, um, I do think, like I, I'm on. I am so I'm so proud of these stories. Like I think that I think this is this might be the best book of story, and you guys can disagree when you read it, whatever. I think this is the best book of stories I have written. Um, it's different, okay, because it comes out during the summer, so it is a summer book. I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I mean, it's been in my head for a long time, but it is it is a book of summer stories. So there's less Mister L, and there's more just boys. Um, and girls, and neighborhood girls are in it too, um, going around and just uh, having little fun adventures, using their imagination and exploring their neighborhood, the woods around their neighborhood, um, and just having a great time. And and I, I drew a lot, like this is almost more personal than the other ones because the other ones I drew from my teaching experience. This one, I, I drew a lot just from my experience as a boy, like during the summers and just going out and exploring and how much I, how much I just love that so much. Um, and just the beautiful, like timelessness of summer anyway. So I, I had, I had this, a, a collection of stories that was going to be partly outdoorsy stuff and then partly classroom stuff. And then I realized I have too many good stories, um, for the outdoor. I, I just, it needs to be its own thing. It's going to be its own book and then it'll come out in the summer and so on. But I, I decided that in like mid, you know, June. <laughs> so then like from there until like now, maybe not, maybe early June, but like for the last two months or whatever, I've just been like going pedal to the metal on that so that I could get this book out in the summer. And that, and I'm really excited right now because it looks like it's going to be out in the first week of August and you're all going to be able to read it because it's, it's, it's fun to read something that's about the summer in the summer. Um, so once it comes out, you should get it quickly so that it can come to you and you can read it in those like last beautiful weeks of August before you have to go back to school. Um, and you're just, you know, kind of thinking about school, but you just want to milk those last days, those last hours of summer. That's when the green book's going to hit your doorstep. Um, as a little, here you go from Tom Longano. And I really hope you enjoy it. I think you will. Again, there are some, some of the stories in this, in this collection, I are some of my favorite stories I've written. Some of them are real duds. Some of them are terrible. And I'm like, oh, whatever. We'll toss it in there. Kids won't care. No, I'm just kidding. They're all good. <laughs> I was just, I was, I've spent a lot of time with these stories. And you, sometimes you get so close to them. And I was having conversations with them, about them with some of my readers. Uh, and something, and they were saying like, this is, wow, this really made me laugh. Or like, this one really transported me in a weird way that I wasn't expecting. And I'm just like, wow, that, that's funny because, I, it's when it's on your mind so much you it starts to you it lose it a little bit but like 
So for these these stories, like, there have been multiple times when I've been like in coffee shops in public, just like giggling my butt off because I thought it was so funny what the characters were saying to me in the story. That sounds weird. I'm not a crazy. I I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> Says the guy who <laughs> is on the podcast with all of his character friends. We're not, we're not gonna. Ah, uh, gosh. Okay. Um. I will say again, uh, um, another thing about, about the interview, now that we're on the topic of weird craziness, is just that we didn't get a chance to ask questions. I've been reading your questions. A lot of questions have come in for the characters. Didn't have a chance to ask the questions today, and I'm sorry. I hope I will be able to ask some more of those questions at a future time. So do keep sending them in. I read them. I get them. I see them. I just don't sometimes have time to ask them to the characters. Keep asking the questions. You have until uh, July 31st. Um, to put those questions in and then you can get the free sample of the green book of stories before anyone else. You can have that awesome experience. Um, the only other person that's read them is me. And then a couple of my close friends who have also read them, but that is it. And then you, uh, and then you can be giggling at coffee shops and people will be looking weirdly at you and you'll be like, I'm not crazy. It's just, you know, these stories are great. So there you go. Uh, also, writing contest. I should have said this first, but I'm saying it now. Writing contest is still going on. We've got some awesome submissions. Uh, I haven't read all of them. I skimmed some of them. Um, and it's just so cool to see that people are using the characters from the stories. Like, I was reading one of them and I was like, oh my gosh, I could have written this. And then <laughs> I'll just steal it. I'll just publish it. You're going to be reading Green Bone and be like, hey, wait a second. I, I wrote this. <laughs> I am suing Tom Longa. No. Uh, but it, it was really cool to see uh, not just that they're using the names of the characters, but that people are very creatively finding situations that the characters would find them in and, and having a, you know, a really good grasp of the characters and their sense of humor and all those things. So that's really edifying for me as a writer. I thought that was really cool. Please keep, um, keep submitting. Why, why am I saying please keep submitting? If you want to submit, you can submit. It's your prize to win, right? If you want to get your story in the podcast, then write a great story and submit. You can do that on the Boy Stories Writing Contest. Please share with your friends if you think they'd be interested too. Only if they're good writers. Don't share it with the bad writers. We don't want them submitting. I'm just kidding. Share it with everyone. Writing is great. Um, and yeah, so that, that link's going to be in the podcast description. Wow, so much news. And I haven't even talked about the story yet. I just, one little word of introduction about the story. The story this week is Fluffles. Um, it is a super weird story. Uh, and I even forgot how weird it was until I was reading it uh, for the podcast because I hadn't read in a while. And like that kind of comes out in the interview. Like at the beginning of the interview in the end, I'm like, wow, that story was wild. I can't believe I wrote that. Um, but an, it, the genesis of this story, just real quick, is two things combined. One thing was I was really into detective literature at the time. And I think it's really funny because when you had, when there's old detective literature, I, I am losing all my audience. They are asleep, but I'm just going to say it, uh, from like, you know, Sherlock Holmes stories or Agatha Christie. This was from over a hundred years ago. Now the detective would get the criminal to confess. And that is how they solve the mystery. Sherlock Holmes Maybe not as much as Agatha Christie, but a big thing in Agatha Christie is getting the criminal confess. Okay. Um, and that was part of like the excitement of the story is how is, how is the detective going to outsmart the criminal? Because the criminal is normally, um, someone who has pulled off a clever crime, but then the detective is more clever. The reason I'm saying this is because that was half of the story's inspiration was from that with Leo being like, I was like, what if there wasn't, 
Well, I'm not going to give it away. Um, but you can just keep that in mind. The other half of it was there was a story that I used to always tell about one of my students. His name was Sebastian Webster. He might be listening to this now. If he is, hi, Sebastian. Hope you're out there doing great. Um, he left a cool little review on, on the on the podcast Apple review page. I saw that, Sebastian. I see you. Um, but he, I, I would tell a story. I don't know why, but it just became a thing where he had beautiful kittens and <laughs> he would always have a beautiful kitten in these stories. And then the kitten would actually get killed by a pile of bricks. Every story, Sebastian would get a new kitten and then there would be, a, and he would like take it. Like there was one where he took it on a vacation to the brick factory and everyone in the class was like, why would you do that, Sebastian? And he goes to the brick factory and then, you know, so like, whatever it, it was just a fun story that I would tell my class and the kids loved it. They loved the cutest kitten in the world. And then the bricks, that was their thing. And so I wanted to include that in some way in boy stories. So there's that and the detective and that created this monstrosity. Monstrosity is a strong word. That created this story. This is a long introduction. Monstrosity is a word that could be used to describe this introduction. And so without anything else, I will jump into the story because you are sufficiently excited. I am sure. This is Fluffles. Jeffrey sprinted from his mom's minivan like a horse onto a racetrack. At the classroom, he stopped, heart beating, unable to disguise his huge grin. Albert shoved him from behind. What are you so happy about? Albert grumbled. He couldn't imagine that anyone would look even mildly at ease on their way to experience another day of meaningless and cruel torture referred to by the adults in his life as school. But Jeffrey did not even react. Today, he was above and beyond Albert's petty taunts. Today was the best day of his life already. Today was show and tell. What's in the dumb bag? Albert continued, still annoyed. Jeffrey did not respond. Albert would soon find out what was in his bag. They all would. What Jeffrey didn't realize was the emotional toll this day would take. That it would quickly turn from the best day of his life into the worst during a short span of hours. When it did, who would help him recover? Who would solve the mystery at the heart of his misery? But that is skipping ahead. Okay, said Mr. L just before first break. Time for <clears throat> show and tell. Who wants to go first? Jeffrey's hand shot into the air. It went so high that he only half sat on his chair. Mr. L's gaze traveled the classroom. Jeffrey's hand went higher. It wiggled. Jeffrey made little pleading grunts. Luckily for him, he was the only student with his hand in the air. All right, Jeffrey, said Mr. L. What do you have to share today? Jeffrey slammed his hand down on the desk and said, Yes! Then he scrambled to his cubby and pulled out his special bag. A wave of snickering went through the class. Gentlemen, said Mr. L sternly, we are going to be polite and listen 
while Jeffrey shows us what he's brought. Leo put away the book. Leo slid his Agatha Christie novel to his lap. He kept a finger within the pages, certain that Jeffrey's presentation could not be more interesting than Hercule Perrault's interrogation of a persistent and unrepentant criminal. He was wrong. Jeffrey didn't mind the class giggling. He held his bag high and proceeded to the front of the room like a decorated messenger, bearing a priceless gift for a king as all the kingdom watched in awe. At least, that's what was in Jeffrey's head. Mr. L and the others watched him walk between the desks with long steps, slowly dragging his feet, while holding so high it was almost above his head a rectangular little case with bright pink sides and tufts of white fuzz. Jeffrey halted and placed the case gingerly on the desk in front of him, which happened to be Timmy's. He did so with such seriousness that even Mr. L had to cover his mouth to hide his smile. The other boys no longer controlled their laughter. Excuse me, Mr. L, said Jeffrey gravely. I need silence to begin. Um, <clears throat> yes, of course, coughed Mr. L. Class, quiet down, quiet down. Let's be polite and see what Jeffrey has to share. The boys shushed each other and Jeffrey nodded. He then flicked a little plush hatch on the pink case and opened a soft white door. This, he said, is my favorite new pet. We got him two days ago, and he is pretty much the cutest, best, most amazingest kitty in the whole world. Mr. L, friends, non-friends, I present to you, Fluffles. Jeffrey reached his hands into the case, and when he withdrew them, sitting comfortably in his open palms, was a tiny kitten. The class, which had giggled rudely throughout Jeffrey's speech, fell silent. Mr. L's jaw dropped. Jeffrey had not lied. This kitten was the absolute cutest creature anyone had ever seen. Orange fur covered its miniature body, which mostly consisted of an oversized head, within which blinked two oversized green eyes. It opened its tiny mouth, revealing even tinier white teeth, and yawned. Aww, breathed every boy in the class. Then, Fluffles blinked. A little paw scratched a little pointed ear. Then it opened its mouth again, only slightly this time, and gave a soft little meow. Oh my gosh, whispered Albert. It's literally so cute I'm going to die. Porge sniffed as he wiped tears from his face. We adopted Fluffles on Saturday, Jeffrey explained. He was a rescue kitty from a street cat's litter. So if we didn't save him, he would have been, he would have starved or been eaten by dogs. That was a brave and noble thing for your family to do, said Leo. Thank you, said Jeffrey. I thought I'd share him with you today. With a single finger, Jeffrey stroked Fluffles' head. The kitten twitched its ears and closed its eyes. The tiniest rumbling noise sounded, like the soft humming of a ladybug's wings. Oh my gosh, said Albert. Is that purring? I'm dying. Timmy, 
who had the honor of being closest to Fluffles, gripped the edge of his desk and leaned forward. Careful. Don't breathe on him, Jeffrey warned. He's fragile. Okay, well, said Mr. L, regaining his composure and clearing his throat, now that the initial shock of cuteness had passed. Uh, does anyone have a question for Jeffrey? Every single hand went up. Okay, Jeffrey, said Mr. L, you can pick. Timmy, said Jeffrey, pointing as he did so. Can I pet it? asked Timmy in one breath. Not right now, replied Jeffrey. Maybe at break. Porge. Oh, can I pet it? Maybe at break with Timmy. Okay, Jake, can I pet it? No one can pet Fluffles now, said Mr. L, but maybe at break, if Jeffrey allows it. A general, aw, sounded as hands dropped, but the boys weren't even disappointed. They were content to stare. Any other questions? asked Jeffrey. Yes, Greg. What does it eat? asked Greg. Excellent question, said Jeffrey. Fluffles has very special kitty food, which I give him in little treats. Can you give him one now? Sure. Jeffrey removed a little purple package from his pocket and popped a tiny star-shaped treat into Fluffles' mouth. The kitten smacked its lips and then said, Meow. It's too much, moaned Albert. I'm dead. Other questions? said Jeffrey. Ah, uh, Porridge. What does Fluffles like to do? asked Porridge. Does he like watch TV and stuff? Sometimes, Jeffrey answered. But Fluffles does whatever I do. He follows me around the house, and whenever I sit, he comes and snuggles. So yesterday, I watched TV, and Fluffles sat like this on my chest. Jeffrey demonstrated, holding Fluffles up to where he sat. There was a general sigh. All right, it's time for break, Mr. L announced, but none of the boys moved. Instead, they watched as Jeffrey returned Fluffles to his case, shutting the soft white door and flicking the latch. During that break and into lunch, Fluffles was the only topic of conversation. Jeffrey allowed boys to line up and one by one peek into the case through the little window in the door. Afterwards, he permitted each boy to touch Fluffles with one finger which he insisted must be cleaned with liberal amounts of hand sanitizer before nearing his fragile kitten. None complained, but waited patiently in line, sanitizing their fingers. Even Mr. L got in line and shuddered with excitement when he stroked little Fluffles on the head. Jeffrey announced that he would take Fluffles out of his case during second break so he could play with his red fuzzy ball. The boys talked of nothing else until second break came, speculating about the red fuzzy ball and how Fluffles would play with it. When the time came, they gathered around the picnic table next to the field. Jeffrey placed his pink carrying case on top of the table as the crowd of boys pressed forward. Stop pushing, Greg hissed, shoving Porridge aside to get a better look. Jeffrey placed the red fuzzy ball in the center of the table. Then he flicked the latch and opened the little white door. Fluffles emerged, stretched his two front paws, and yawned. A large sigh spread through the crowd, the sound of a dozen fifth-grade boy hearts melting at once. Then Fluffles struck. He pounced on the ball and, with a flash of claw, stabbed its red fuzz. The ball stuck to his claw, and he twisted onto his back, batting at it with all four paws, trying to get it unstuck. 
The boys could barely contain their excitement. This might have been the most entertaining thing they had ever seen. It's better than TV, breathed Greg. Should we help Fluffles unstick the ball? Whispered Timmy. Shh, said Leo. He'll do it. Watch. Sure enough, Fluffles rolled to one side and, using his tiny chin, was able to free his little claw from the ball. The boys cheered, but not too loud. They didn't want to frighten Fluffles. Hey, hey, screamed Albert suddenly from outside the crowd. He'd come late and didn't have a good view of Fluffles, but he did have a good view of the kickball game on the field. Guys, look, the bases are loaded and Maurice is up to bat. Mr. M's class might lose to fourth graders. This was just enough to divert attention from Fluffles. Jeffrey urged his prized kitten back into the case and shut the latch as the boys charged down to the field to cheer on Maurice. As cute as that kitten was, they could not miss the possibility of watching their rivals lose to a group of fourth graders. Maurice's foot connected with the rubber ball to wild screams of excitement from the sidelines. The fourth grader sprinted around first and his teammates scored. Joy surged through every fiber of Jeffrey's being while he jumped up and down and yelled about how Mr. M's class were all losers. This really was the best day of his life. Then came the turn. The fourth grader scored three runs that inning, but Mr. M's team pitched first and so had one last bat. Five minutes later, Chadwick, the tree, booted a home run with two boys on base. He waved at Mr. L's now silent class while he trotted around the bases. There weren't even any outs. Someone mentioned Fluffles, and the boys shuffled back to their previous entertainment. But Fluffles wasn't there. The fuzzy white door hung open, revealing an empty case. Oh my gosh, <gasps> gasped Jeffrey. Oh, oh my, oh, oh my, oh, oh my, oh my, oh my. Calm down, said Leo quickly, taking charge. Listen up, everyone. Fluffles is missing. Spread out and search. The boys ran from the picnic table in all directions, checking in bushes, piles of leaves, under rocks, screaming for Fluffles. The only one left at the table was Albert, who looked very pale. Slowly, he walked after the others, calling, Fluffles? Fluffles? I found something! shrieked a voice not too far away. Oh, oh, come quick, come quick! It's, it's, it's blood! Porge stood behind one of the classrooms near a pile of bricks left over from the construction of a path to the parking lot. His quivering finger pointed at the grass right next to the pile. The crowd of boys gathered round, but not too close. Where's Fluffles? gasped Jeffrey, out of breath. Nobody move, Leo commanded, crawling forward on the ground. The crowd watched him nudge a brick at the pile's edge to reveal a dark red and sticky splotch on the grass. Blood. What does it mean? Timmy whispered. Jeffrey could barely control himself. He tried to hold back his sobs. Jake put an arm around his shoulder to steady him. Stay strong, Jake said. Stay strong for fluffles. Leo rose. 
His expression was blank, but his eyes were grave. He held between forefinger and thumb something that he found on the brick beside the blood. He lifted it high for all to see. It was a single orange hair. No! screamed Jeffrey, bursting into loud tears. Why, God, why? 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 He fell to his knees. Not even Jake could support him now. Jeffrey, said Leo, I swear we'll find who did this, even if it's the last thing that... What's going on? Leo stopped. All the boys turned. Albert slouched at the edge of the crowd, not too close, with his hands in his pockets. What? he said, surprised at their stares. Albert did it, Jeffrey said, his voice shaking. It was him. Did what? You killed Fluffles! Jeffrey dove at Albert, and it took Jake, Greg, Timmy, and also Charlie to hold him back. Albert backed away, a look of horror on his face. Something happened to Fluffles? he said. You know! Jeffrey screamed. You know what happened to him! Can someone tell me what's going on? asked Albert, turning to Leo. Someone! Leo barked in a loud voice, which caused Jeffrey to go quiet. Someone committed a terrible crime. Leo held the piece of orange fur before Albert and pointed at the blood on the grass below. It appears that Fluffles was not beloved by all, he said softly. Someone was jealous. Someone brought that poor kitty here while we were all watching kickball, and that someone killed Fluffles with a brick. There was stunned silence. Then all the boys talked at once, arguing, yelling, questioning. Jeffrey howled in pain and anger at Albert, convinced he had done the murderous deed. Enough! Leo commanded. We will get nowhere with petty accusations. This is a grave crime and requires an investigation. Here is our evidence, clear for all to see. Now we must hold trial. We should tell the teachers, said Charlie. They can help. The teachers will tell us nothing, Leo snapped. They will scratch their heads and say it was an accident. They will say bricks fell from the sky and hit poor Fluffles on the head. That is what the teachers will say. Will they, said Charlie doubtfully. Yes, said Leo. Maybe that's what happened, Albert offered. All the boys glared at him. Tell me, Albert, Leo said quietly, stepping toward him. Where were you when Porge screamed? What do you mean? Everyone ran here as fast as they could, but you, you came later. I'm not a very good runner. Neither is Jeffrey, but he got here before you. He had a head start. Or maybe... Maybe you didn't run because you knew what you would find. Silence followed this sentence. Albert glanced behind him as if he wanted nothing more than to run now. Jake came to one side of him and Greg to the other. They held Albert in place. Albert told us about kickball, Porge noted. He made us leave Fluffles. Hang on, said Timmy. Was Albert watching kickball too? I don't remember. He wasn't watching said Leo in a soft voice. Were you, Albert? Albert trembled as he glanced around him. I... I didn't do it, he said. I swear I didn't do it. I love Fluffles just as much as all of you. Maybe more. 
I would never do it. Earlier today, Leo continued, pacing in front of Albert with hands behind his back. You said, and I quote, It's literally so cute I'm going to die. Maybe you thought Fluffles was too cute. That Fluffles had to die, so you wouldn't. Monster! screamed Jeffrey. It's a figure of speech, Albert wailed. It doesn't mean anything. I think you better tell us everything you know, said Leo. But, but, I, I didn't talk. Now! Albert took big gulping breaths. He was caught. He had no other choice but to tell the truth. Okay! He cried out. I'll tell you everything. I am so, so sorry. He did it, gasped Timmy. He actually killed Fluffles. Jeffrey made another lunge and again had to be restrained. The crowd closed around Albert. Stay back, Leo commanded. Let him speak. Here's what happened, said Albert, shaking, his eyes darting round the crowd. At lunch, all I thought about was Fluffles and his little red fuzzy ball. I didn't even finish my sandwich or my chips because I could only think about Fluffles. You have to believe me, please, Leo. That's how much I love Fluffles. Love can make us do terrible things, said Leo in a low voice. Continue. I have, choked Albert. I have done terrible things. I, you see, I had this idea that Fluffles would play with the ball and it would bounce away and then... I would bring it back. Fluffles would turn to me and meow like a thank you. That's all I wanted. Just one meow. One that was only for me. I know it was selfish, but that's all I could think about. And I thought about it so much that I swear I thought it was going to happen. What makes you so special? Snapped Greg. That Fluffles would meow at only you. I don't know. I wasn't thinking straight. Then, then everyone crowded around the picnic table and I didn't have a good spot and I couldn't see anything and I wasn't even close enough to see and, and I had to be close in case the ball got loose so I could return it and help Fluffles. So I panicked and I saw what was going on at the kickball field and I had an idea that maybe if everyone was distracted for a little bit, you could kill Fluffles with a brick, shouted Greg. No, said Albert in horror. No, that's not it. No, no, not, not at all. I swear. I wanted to play with Fluffles. I thought I could have Fluffles all to myself. And maybe, maybe Fluffles would meow. You make me sick, said Greg. Enough, Greg, said Leo, retaining heroic calm during this deposition. He was focused intently on Albert's every word. Go on, Albert. What? did you do next? I, well, I told you all about the kickball and everyone ran away. So then I opened the case and Fluffles walked out. I was there by myself. I gave Fluffles the ball, but he didn't meow. Albert looked at the ground. And then what? Asked Leo quietly. Fluffles didn't meow, so Albert hit him with a brick, yelled Greg. Greg, you are obstructing this investigation, and if you were not also a suspect, snapped Leo, I would make you leave. Suspect? 
said Greg. All bravado gone. Everyone is a suspect, Leo said darkly. The boys shifted. Jeffrey was still sobbing, tears streaming down his cheeks. When Maurice had that big kick, continued Albert, sniffling, I, well, I wanted to see. So I looked away from Fluffles for like one second to watch, maybe two seconds, and when I looked back, his voice trailed away. He gulped. Fluffles was gone. The boys stared at Albert. Leo rubbed his chin, thinking. I'm so, so sorry, Albert burst out. I'm a terrible person. I should have never done what I did, and now Fluffles is dead, and it's all my... No, said Leo, holding up a hand. What you did was terrible, yes, but it is not all your fault. You aren't the one that used the brick. That's someone else. But who, wondered Timmy. That's what I'm going to find out, Leo answered. Albert's story makes sense. He did not lie, which means someone else here has a secret. One that I was kind of thinking, Porridge interrupted. Isn't it weird that there's like no body? I mean, I saw the blood and kind of freaked out, but Fluffles wouldn't have been like smushed than just disappear. There could be a, there should be a body, right? Interesting, said Leo, looking from the spot of blood to Porridge. Very interesting. Well, maybe we should all look around, Porridge offered, to see if maybe Fluffles is nearby. Maybe he stubbed his toe on a brick and limped away. Wouldn't have gotten far, Timmy added. Unless, said Leo, still looking from Porridge to the blood splotch and back again, unless that's exactly what the murderer wants us to do. The boys looked at Leo. Then they followed his gaze to Porridge. Oh, Leo, said Porridge, backing away. Why are you looking at me like that? I was just thinking, said Leo, with a jerk of his head. Jake and Greg understood and stepped behind Porridge to hold him in place. I was thinking, Leo continued, that whoever killed Fluffles must have done so in a fit of passion, anger, perhaps, or jealousy, but who knows? Now, after a crime of passion, the next logical step is for the murderer to panic and hide the body so no one can find it and get fingerprints. That way this murderer can return later to cut it up and burn it to destroy the evidence. Jeffrey made a little gurgle, trying to keep from fainting. Which brings me to my earlier thought, Leo said, pausing to stare right at Porge, which is this. Whoever killed Fluffles wants us to be distracted, to look for a body that's already safely hidden, to stop searching for a suspect. He did it, gasped Greg. Porge killed Fluffles with a... Tell me, Porge, how long was it before you raised the alarm? Demanded Leo, talking over Greg. You found the blood. You were here before anyone else. No, Porge squealed. I would never, never. I, I saw the blood and I thought, oh my gosh, Fluffles is dead. Or, or injured, or anything, so, so I screamed. That, that's all that happened, I, I swear. You jumped to conclusions pretty quickly, said Leo. Why did a bit of blood mean that Fluffles died? You already knew Fluffles died. You you jumped to conclusions, not me, Porch shot back. I, I didn't know anything, I panicked. You panicked, Leo roared, because you killed Fluffles with the brick, screamed Greg. Okay, I'm getting the teachers, said Charlie, who felt like this was getting out of hand. Porridge breathed hard, struggling to control himself. Jeffrey was hysterical, wailing and crying for his beloved kitten, pulling up fistfuls of dirt and grass and pounding his chest. Leo grabbed Porridge by the shirt. Confess, he thundered. 
Confess to your crime. What crime? Moaned Porridge, breathing harder. You know what you did, yelled Leo. I didn't do it, sobbed Porridge. I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't, I, I, I didn't, I don't know. You know, Leo commanded. It could only have been you and no one else. It was you all along. Admit it and end this spree of crime before you do something worse. Admit it. Okay, Porridge screamed wildly. Okay, I did it. I killed Fluffles. I don't remember doing it, but I must have blacked out it. Oh, no, 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 what have I done? Who am I? Who am I? Leo let go. Porch stumbled and fell to the ground, sobbing. At a sign from Leo, Jake and Greg grabbed Porch's hands and held them behind his back. A criminal, said Leo. That's what you are. And you have the right to remain silent. All right, Charlie, go get the teachers. It was at that moment, probably in response to Jeffrey's loud cries of Fluffles, that they heard a soft meow. The boys went silent. They stared as the little orange kitten hopped over the pile of bricks and trotted on soundless paws over to his master. Jeffrey gulped back tears, stunned, as Fluffles dropped a piece of mole leg on the ground before him. The furry gray mole flesh was red with blood, as were Fluffles' little tiny teeth. Fluffles looked up at Jeffrey and gave another meow. Aw, he caught some prey, said Jeffrey. Good kitty. He scooped up Fluffles and hugged him tight. Mole blood and all. That's gross, said Greg. Mr. L arrived with Charlie just in time to tell them break was over. It was time for class. Leo helped Porridge to his feet and the boys jogged to line up. Jeffrey took Fluffles home that afternoon and never brought him to school again. Okay, here we are in the podcast studio, and I, I do have to say that was a weird story. I literally forgot how weird that story was until I was until I was just reading it. You you think that was you think that was weird for you to read it? I was there. I was there. Oh, sorry. We have we have Jeffrey here as well. You want to say hi, Jeffrey, before we jump into it? Hi, everyone. My name's Jeffrey. Um, you know me from the stories, and well, I don't really have to introduce myself, do I? Um, I just want to say hey to all my podcast peeps and all my podcast fans. Um, fame and fortune, that's me, and I'm just so happy to be here again. Uh, this is, you know, the highlight of my week, um, coming to these podcasts and just, you know, talking about my life, talking about my thoughts, talking about what's up, what's up in the world, what's going on in the world right now. According to Jeffrey, here we go. Um, so, first news item that I saw today was that, um, okay, we're not this that's not what our podcast does we don't we don't talk about what's what's going on in the why well, i thought we could you know offer opinions on things like current events and stuff like politics i got a lot of stuff to say about politics do you jeffrey do you have a lot of things to say about about politics uh-huh yeah 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 okay what do you i feel like we're opening a can of words what do you what do you have to say about politics well um i'm a very political 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 person and i think that in general um politic we we should we should have we should have more of more of them that your your take on 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 current politics is that we should have more 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 politics yeah because politics is something that that um that helps people so politics is something you you don't know what you don't know what it is what what who, what? You you don't you don't know, 
I don't think you know what politics are. Well, you know, okay. Okay. Okay, fine. So maybe, maybe I do, maybe I don't. Maybe I know there's this thing called the government, right? There's a government that, that is a thing that exists. So there. (laughs) Sorry, what? There you go. You said I didn't know, but now I know. There's a government. So next question. Okay, we're not going to talk about politics, and this is why. We're not going to talk about current events. Also, no one wants to hear your take on current events. I'm sorry. Okay, excuse me. A lot of people want to hear my take on current events because a lot of people care about what I have to say about things. Well, I think they care about what you have to say about stories because that's kind of that's kind of where you exist. That's kind of who you are. Um, so, so we're going to backtrack a little bit, and we're going to talk about this story. Okay, let's talk about Fluffles. Okay, yeah. This was a very traumatic time for me. This was really difficult. Um, what a roller coaster. What a roller coaster. Yeah, that, I I mean, honestly, the story was kind of like a roller coaster too, because it starts out one way, you're not really sure where it's going. There are hints that it's going to go south at some point. Um, but had I known, I would have never brought Fluffles into school. Had I known that school was a dangerous, dangerous danger zone of death and blood and killing. Well, no one actually died. The mole, the mole almost died. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it it, it lost a leg, but oh, so that's it's traumatic for you because of the mole. No, no, it's it's my my cat, my my kitten, my the the most beautiful kitten, um, in the world. Uh, we 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 thought was was killed with a brick. Yeah, yeah, I read the story. Um. You got the thing that that kind of fascinates me is is there was literally zero ev- well not literally there there was a there was very little evidence to go off that that Fluffles had died it was pretty clear I mean we saw like you weren't there all right you weren't there but but in the in the heat of the moment we're looking for we're looking for Fluffles everyone's looking for Fluffles Porch calls us over we look down and there is there is a a splotch of blood and a pile of bricks. So, I don't know. You do the math on that one. Oh, and an orange hair. So it could have only been fluffles. Yeah, but I, I, I just think immediate. Just to see that, and then to be like someone, Albert or even Porge, which uh, we can get into the psychology of whatever happened there in a second. But uh, took a brick and and killed fluff. I mean, that even saying that is is it feels bad to say. Like I can't believe you guys were No, it was totally like I totally believe that that's what happened. Like like okay, if you, like uh, you kind of like holding a book sitting in your nice air-conditioned podcast studio being like, "Well, I don't know, bad things never happen in the world." If you're there, if you're there where, you know, if you're there, you see that blood and you see that that pile of bricks, you you know. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of messed up stuff out there, and I would not put it past any of those boys in that class to take a brick and go to my kitten. And- no, we're not gonna. This is um, I I I, I the boys in I've met the boys in your class. They're good boys. I don't think they would do that. Well, I never know. You never know. You you think you know a person, and then they take your kitten out behind the classroom by a pile of bricks, and they nope, no one did that. See, that's the whole point of the story is that no one did that. It was it. I think Leo was was reading um these crime thrillers or uh mystery stories, right? Well, Leo reads a lot of books. Yeah, he does. Okay, so so he was reading these books and. 
And in those type of books, uh, there's always some sort of gruesome crime and the detective has to, like, make people confess to the crime. Okay. Okay. Why is this relevant to anything that we are talking? Well, because Leo thought he was the detective and then he made Porridge confess to something that he didn't do. Well, that's an interesting point. Okay, let's, let's zero in on that. All right. I thought a lot about this. If Porridge did not kill Fluffles, why did he admit to it? Are, are you insinuating that Porridge might have killed Fluffles? Well, I don't know. If he didn't, then why did he admit to Fluffles is alive. You you saw Fluffles was alive. The blood came from the mole that Fluffles, as a little predator, predatory, is that predatory cat, uh, attacked the attacked the mole. And yeah, Fluffles has a has a has a bloodlust. He is a very predatory cat. Sometimes he'll get little birds and he'll leave them on my doorstep. Sometimes it'll be moles. Sometimes it'll be mice. A lot of times it's mice. Sometimes it's a little shrew, a little shrew. It's like he brings him, like, as a gift to me as his master. It's like a tribute. It's like a sacrifice. Like a, like an animal sacrifice to me. Jeffrey. Okay. Um, cool. We, but you, you said that you think that, yeah, I think Porch, I think, okay, I don't know because I want to, I want to believe, I want to. I want to think the best of him. He's my friend. He's a good guy, Porridge. You know, he's a good guy. He's been on the podcast. A lot of my peeps know him. Hi, Porridge. Uh, but I don't know. If he said he killed Fluffles, uh, I don't know. That's a little bit suspicious, right? Why would he say that if he didn't do it? Well, he, he didn't do it. Your, your cat is alive, right? You just said he brings you dead animals. Yeah, he brings me dead animals all the time. Okay, well then, Porch didn't kill him. Okay, yeah, no, Porch didn't. I know Porch didn't kill him. Okay, I know that. Wait, you think I'm dumb? No, of course I know. Okay, Jeffrey, that's yeah. What I'm trying to say, Mister Tom, Porch did not kill Fluffles, but why did he say he did if he hadn't? Um. So, so you're saying that I'm saying that I think he did. Well, he didn't. I know, but I think he did. This makes very little sense, what we are talking about here. Um, why would someone say they did something if they didn't do it? Well, we know he didn't do it. Um, we're totally going in circles here. Here's, here's what I'm saying. Back to the thing about Leo being the detective. I think that Leo had cornered Porge, and I don't think Porge knew what he was saying. I think he was just... You know, he was freaking out and he was just kind of yelling, right? That sometimes, sometimes I've seen this before. You know, sometimes people just start saying things and they don't think about what the, I never do that. I always think about what I say a hundred percent of the time before it comes out of my mouth. Hundred percent of the time, I think about everything I say. That is, I, I am pretty sure that's not true. Well, you know, um, I would know. Because it's my mouth and my brain, and you wouldn't. So, all I'm saying, I think about what I say before I say it, and I think Porridge killed my cat, who is still alive. Okay, next question. Well, I'm not. We're not asking questions. I, we uh, we don't have too much time because it was a long story. So this was just going to be, I thought, just like a short little recap of the story. And um, uh, so I guess that we've we've covered things. I mean, how's Fl- you said Fluffles is doing well? Fluffles is doing so well. I'm definitely not bringing her to school, him to school. Is it him or her? I don't know. Fluffles, whatever. It's a cat. Uh, not bringing him to school anymore. 
Um, but we have a thriving relationship. It's great. Fluffles, like, might be my best friend. I mean, except for every single person in the microphone right now, Fluffles is definitely my best friend. Okay, that's great. Um, so I did, another reason I want to keep this short is because the Green Book of Stories is coming out. We're going to do a Green Book episode, and it's probably just going to be me and you. So I, I feel like that, you know, there shouldn't be too much just me talking to Jeffrey and, like, what do you mean? This is what the people want. You got to give them what they want, Mr. Tom. This is what they want. Well, is it? They just want to. I, I feel like people want stories and they No, no. They, they just want to hear me. They just want to hear me talk about about current events like government things. Yeah, we tried that. That didn't work out too well. Remember? Well, what about this? Um, I saw recently there's a man. Uh, and he lives on a river in a rainforest, and he just went to space. So, how's that for for staying updated with the news? Are you talking about um the Are you talking about Jeff Bezos, the the owner of Amazon? Yeah, uh-huh. the man that owns the river has decided to um venture venture away from his rainforest and into space. Amazon's a company, Jeffrey. It's not It's not a river. Well, okay then. We can agree to disagree. You know what? We're not going to go any further into that. Um, I think this has been an interesting interview. It's just a nice way to just kind of chat with you a little bit. And we're probably going to wrap things up here. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Fluffles? Well, well, I do want to say that, you know, it's a, it was a really traumatic story for me. It's definitely one of the more traumatic stories. Um, and I think... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I was disappointed um, with a lot of my friends' behavior. I don't think that they should have endangered Fluffles as they had. Um, and all I all I wanted to do, all I wanted to do was was to share that cuteness with the world. Just share it. Just share my Fluffles and my love for Fluffles. Yeah, I think that was a, you know, a, a noble sentiment. I mean, everyone seemed to enjoy looking at the cute cat. So I think that's, that's, but then, but then while, while I was doing it, you know, someone decided to kill him with a brick and well, no, it didn't have the, the whole point of the story is that didn't happen. Fluffles is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Fluffles is alive. I just told you that Fluffles is alive. Well, why do you keep saying Fluffles got killed with a brick? Because in the story, he kind of did and then he didn't. You know, he kind of did, and then he didn't. He did, and he didn't. He did, and he didn't. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. And remember, like, five minutes ago, you said that you always think before you talk? No. You don't You don't remember saying that? No, I never said that. I don't know. Can you not? Um, I'm sorry. Can you not put words into my mouth? I'd, I'd appreciate that. This is a recorded a recorded event and um people are going to be listening to this so i don't want you to put words into my mouth because it could present me in the wrong way no you you presented you in the wrong way because you said well, he said she said who said what said right am i right am i right am i right am i right no you're not you're not right you're not right you're just not well okay fine does it make, this, is, this is what you do. You invite the 10-year-olds to your big fancy podcast, and then you say, yeah, you're wrong. Wow. Aren't you smart? Look at you. 
Well, my name's Tom Longano. I'm an adult, and I make fun of little boys. And that, that is apparently a fun day for me. <laughs> is that, is that how you enjoy spending your day? <laughs> you just, you just bring people on the podcast and tell them you're wrong about everything? I just, I don't want to be wrong. I'm just trying to make you like me. I want to talk about current events and the rainforest and the rainforest and, and going to space and government stuff. And you just want to talk about my cat is not even dead. Okay, Jeffrey, don't cry. Remember, we talked about crying on the podcast. It's not, you know, you always kind of cry in the... I'm sweating for my eyeballs. Oh, okay. Well, people can't see this, but Jeffrey is... Sweating from his eyeballs. Yeah, it's really hot in here. Why don't you just pay more for air conditioning or something? I don't know. Just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be mean. I'm so sorry. I just want to be a nice guy. <laughs> I just want to be a nice guy. This is a really traumatic story for me. It was a, it was a really, really hard day. I, it, I, at, at first, it was the best day of my life. And then it was the, literally the worst day of my life. And then when I realized Fluffles was alive, it was like, it was like a medium day. Cause like, it was like the best and the worst together. And when you have the best and the worst, it becomes medium. So it like ended up being a medium day. But when I hear the story again, then, then I, then I go at the beginning and then, and then the, and then, and I'm happy and then it's sad and I'm tired and I just, can I have a glass of water? Yeah, why don't why don't you get a glass of water? Okay, and then we'll finish up the we'll finish up the interview. Okay, Jeffrey is sipping his water. He is calming down. Uh, his cheeks are a little bit pink, but they are. Can can you not talk about the color of my cheeks? Okay, that I, well I'm describing it so people know what's going on in the room. People don't even know. People don't even know about me. my cheeks. Sorry, my podcast piece. My my cheeks are not pink. They're they're manly. Yeah, look, I had questions to ask from podcast listeners. I'm not going to do that now because I think you are fading very quickly. Um, uh, your mom's probably going to pick you up soon anyway, but that's okay. You know, thanks for coming in. This is, we can view this as a little pre-interview to our big Green Book of Stories interview. Aren't you excited for the Green Book of Stories? I can't, I can't wait for the Green Book of Stories. I, I literally can't, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, when is it going to be? When? When? I, I know when is a good question. Um, actually, early August, uh, that's the official date now. And, and you're going to be able to, to read it first, right? I'll, you read it, and then we can come on the podcast and talk about it. That would be incredible. Because then I can tell all my podcast peeps that they can. Well, if I like it. If I like it, I'll tell them. If I like it, I'll tell them to read it. I, I, I think you're going to like well, I don't know. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay, well, I, you seemed very optimistic a second ago. Well, now I'm cautiously optimistic. Because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too excited and then be disappointed. Well, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you'll really enjoy it. Well, we'll see. We shall see. Okay. We shall see. Sure. We shall see. Um, so you'll read it, and then you'll come on the podcast, and we'll talk it up, and then people can, you know, learn about it from you. How does that sound? That sounds great. I did that with Red Book. Yeah. You you told me on the podcast, uh, the Red Book of Stories episode, that you wanted to burn it and smear the ashes on my driveway. That was your advertisement for Red Book. Well, you know, to be honest, you were not being very polite in that interview, so I was totally justified. Next question. Well, no more questions. That is it. I don't think you were. But, you know, by the end of the interview, you had apologized, right? I think you cried a little bit. I never cry on the podcast. Are you kidding? No. I'm not like a big crier. 
in, in general. I'm not a big crier. Yeah, you just cried like five minutes ago. What? What are you talking about? I'm not. I'm not gonna call you out on anything anymore. You just. You just live in the present. You do you. You know. You do. I. All I do is me. Every day I do me. Jeffrey. 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 Okay. Cool. <laughs> We're gonna end it there. Thank you very much. <laughs> this has been a Boy Stories podcast production, written and performed by the author Tom Longano. The Red Book of Stories and the Blue Book of Stories are available on Amazon.com. You can also get signed author copies on TomLongano.com. This podcast has been produced by the legendary George Martin. And if you like the podcast, please do leave a rating and a review, whether on the Apple Podcast site or if you like the stories, you can leave a rating and a review on Amazon. We read all the reviews and uh, we really, really appreciate them. Uh, please do share with friends as well. And if you have any questions uh, for Tom Longano or any of the characters and you'd like your question to be featured on a podcast, uh, you can email Tom Longano through the contact portal on TomLongano.com. You can also record a voice message on Anchor, and then you will get your voice on the podcast. Very exciting. Thank you so much for listening. This has been so much fun for us, and we hope it is just as much fun for you. See you next time.